Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. We'd love to have you join us for worship. Enjoy this message. Thank you, guys. That was beautiful, as always. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Uh, If you are joining us online this morning, welcome to you as well. So glad you could be here. Um, My name is Glenn. I'm one of the pastors here at CVC. Most of you guys know that, but if you're watching out there somewhere, you might not. Um, So we just wanted to say a couple things. Uh, First of all, thanks for joining us today. If uh, I don't think we have anybody new here. If we have new folks show up, we always want to send a special welcome to them. Let you know that we have a little gift for you uh, that's in the back, and we, you can pick that up. Normally at our coffee break, we've not been taking a coffee break uh, during this time of social distancing. And on that note, just a couple things this morning I wanted to, uh, to do before we get into the teaching. First of all, I just want to thank everyone who helped with our Thanksgiving outreach last week. If you supported that financially or if you worked uh, in the in the setup portion of that or if you were here last week and helped with that, special thanks to MHA who did all the organization, some of the shopping, and pretty much everything else. But it, it's just a blessing. Again, regardless of circumstances, what's going on in life, we were able to serve a full Thanksgiving dinner, or provide a Thanksgiving dinner. We didn't serve it. It was cold. They had to take it home and cook it. But uh, for 35 families in our community that might not otherwise have been able to to have a Thanksgiving. So uh, bless you guys. Thank you for that. Second thing, I want to take just a second this morning, if we could, before we get into it, uh, and invite you to pray with me. I, I want to take a second today and just pray for uh, nurses, doctors, all of our medical professionals, people that have been working... Uh, you know, under <laughs> most of us are trying to stay distant and do our part during this time, and they're they're thrown right in the, in the heat of it. So I just want to take a minute and bless those folks. And if somebody wants to extend your hand to Jess in the back, I think that would be nice. Uh, Jesus, uh, we are just so honored uh, by those that serve you in really unsung ways, and so we just want to say yes and amen. Blessings upon nurses, doctors, medical professionals, those that are working. Uh, to really save lives and to, and to uh, keep people healthy and safe during this time. Bless them, protect them, Lord. Uh, your hand of grace and protection upon them in all that they do. Uh, we just thank you, Jesus. Thank you for them and, and ask your blessing upon them. your name we pray, amen. Uh, I want to start this morning. I want to introduce our topic this morning with a uh, verse from Romans 4. So if you want to go ahead and throw that up. Um, Paul here writes about Abraham, and he says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. It's a powerful verse. Against all hope, in hope. Uh, So against all logic, against all 
circumstances against all indication by anything, anytime, anywhere that this would happen. Uh, you know the story. Abraham and Sarah were far beyond childbearing years. Far, far, far beyond childbearing years. Uh, so against all hope, but in hope, Abraham believed. Um, today we, uh, we enter, it's, it's, the, it's a, a funny calendar this year. There's five Sundays in November, so we technically enter into the Advent season, which we normally would do on the first Sunday of December, but today it's the last Sunday of November. And so the next four weeks, we're going to focus our attention on uh, kind of the themes of Advent, uh, which are also, and again, I think part of what we want to communicate during this series is they're not only the themes of Advent, but they are qualities of life that are available to us in Jesus. So we're talking, of course, about peace, joy, love, and then this morning we begin with, I think, uh, a, a profound uh, message, not profound necessarily what I have to say, but just the message of hope. Uh, hope is is a, a powerful and important dynamic right now. I want to take a slightly different approach to hope this morning. We're going to look at a number of scriptures, both Old and New Testament. Uh, my title, if you go to the next slide, is holding out hope. And I'm not. What that means is that as Christians, we are the ones that hold out hope to others. So why don't you pray with me real quick again, and then we'll we'll dive in. Uh, Lord, help us to be heralds of hope, bearers of hope, those that have hope and give hope uh, in a in a in a frightful time, in a fearful time, in a doubtful time. Uh, that your people, your church, your kingdom uh, would be the bearers of hope, the the, the flag wavers of hope, um, that would be able to uh, draw the hearts of others uh, into the presence of God. In your name, we pray. Amen. I had a little. Vision. It doesn't happen very often. But during I was praying, and you know how, I don't know if you've seen it, but some of these guys in their big four-wheel drive trucks, they got the flags on the back when driving down a freeway. Uh, I just saw a parade of cars with hope flags on them. Just hope, hope. So. Well, uh hate it when that happens. Um, go to the next slide. Uh, Romans uh, 5. Pa- Paul, in the book of Romans, uh, hope is a theme that kind of runs. It's an undercurrent throughout. So a little bit of a survey here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through several verses, uh, passages in Romans dealing with hope. Uh, we, we read from chapter 4. Chapter 5, he says, Therefore, Uh, Since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. There is a bit of a tension in that verse, that passage. He begins by saying, we boast in the hope of the glory of God, which sounds so uplifting and positive. And then he follows that immediately by saying, but we also glory in our suffering. And you realize very quickly that Hope is future tense. 
Hope has nothing to do, absolutely nothing to do with what's happening right now. It has everything to do with what's coming and what, what like Abraham, we believe is, is yet ahead. So hope is, is out there somewhere, but at the same time that it's out there, it's also in here. It's in our hearts. We hold fast to it. And, and what hope does then is it compels us and it moves us forward. Rather than being stuck where we are, hope is, is a force that drives us forward in God. And I think that is so, so, so vital at times like we're in right now. When there's so much uh, happening or not happening or whatever, and the world is in so much turmoil and kind of rocky and unstable, uh, people be, you know, kind of tend to shut down and Hope will drive us forward in the midst of all that. Um, you know, I, I, the circus that we call 2020 is like the gift that keeps on giving. It just, you never know what's going to happen next. I think the, be- <laughs> the best news we've heard is that it's almost over, right? I think everybody thinks that there's going to be a magic turning of the calendar and this will all go away. Uh, but here's the thing, we hope in the glory of God. Paul's reality in writing this verse was that the circumstances that surround me don't dictate who I am right now. What dictates who I am is the hope I have in the glory of God. And he was able to move forward in that, and that sustains us. And it's a, it's a powerful force to sustain us and hold us up. He says a very similar thing in chapter 12 in the next slide. Uh, again, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. In one sentence, joyful in hope, patient in affliction. Again, Paul's saying... Be patient. You, things might not be great right now, but there's joy in hoping that God has something more for you. And then finally in chapter 15, next slide, may the hope of God fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you might overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You could do about a, uh, you know, a uh, in-depth Bible study on that verse. Uh, God is the God of hope. He is the source of all hope. It comes from Him. And with that, we have joy and peace. Again, regardless of current circumstances, it doesn't matter. Because God's a God of hope, we have joy and peace because we trust in Him. And that hope then flows out of us. And that's really what I want to get to today. By the Holy Spirit, we become bearers of hope and it flows out of our lives into the lives of other people. Uh, did we... Yeah, that was, that was 15? Yeah. Uh, so, so hope is a spiritual reality that uh, is both future tense and internal. It's out there and it's in here. And it's what we are called then to share with other people. Uh, Matthew 5, go to the next slide. Jesus puts it this way. He says, you're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp, put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. It gives light to everyone in the house in the same way Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So we are called to be that light. A couple weeks ago we talked about being salt. Today is the kind of counterpart of that, being light. Um, The the image of light is used throughout the Scripture from, you know, the very earliest parts of the Old Testament all the way through uh, to, to God's people. First, Israel was called... Uh, from the beginning to be a light to the nations. They, they were a blessed people and they were to, they were to shine, to radiate, and to extend that light 
uh, into the hearts of those around them. So the, the blessing of God was not something that they just internalized, but it was also a vocation. It was, it was a job. They had a job to do by receiving light uh, to then share that light with others. We say that here sometimes with the little phrase, blessed to be a blessing. We have received the blessing of God, but that's not something that we just wallow in and say, oh, we're so blessed. No, we take that blessing and then extend it to other people. Um, it's, we have an interesting phenomena in the world today called light pollution. Light pollution is there is so much light that you can't see uh, the effect of one, one little light, the, the effect of that little light is diminished. Even in the city, now, if you've ever been like out in the desert somewhere far, far away from light, you look up, there's stars in the sky that you don't normally see because the light that we live in day to day here just washes that all out. And so consequently, you know, one little light off in the distance doesn't have much impact. But in Jesus' day, it was very different. A city on a hill could be seen from a, a long distance off. Travelers could say, oh, there I see the light. That's where we're headed. They would have a road to go on because they, they could see that little light in the distance. Um, and that's precisely the image that God calls Israel to be. He says, I want you to be that light. I want you to be that beacon that shows people the way to go. In Isaiah 49... He says, I will make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. It was always God's desire from the very beginning. It was God's heart that his light would be extended to all people. Israel was the chosen nation, not just to be better than everybody else. They were chosen to be that light to everybody else. The word uh, Gentiles here uh, is goim in Hebrew, and what it means is people, nations. It's it's everybody else. It's it's all the people out there. They were to be that light to all the other people. Uh, in Isaiah 42, he says this, I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. So, a covenant is 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 a a promise based on relationship between two parties. What God says is, I'm going to actually make you a covenant. You're you're going to be that promise uh, between me and everyone else that the light is going to come into their lives. Um, and then uh, in Isaiah two, if you would go one more. He says, many people will come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths, and the law will go out from Zion, so the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So it's interesting. Here's what's happening, the picture that Isaiah is painting here. Ancient religions all believed that their God lived on a mountain, and there was a holy mountain that their God lived on. But Different religions had different mountains, right? And, and th- this is why, uh, g- go one more text. In, in John 4, Jesus has this conversation uh, with the woman at the well. He says, uh, Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet or a, a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain. You Jews claim the place where you must worship is Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. Salvation is from the Jews, and yet a time is coming and now has come 
when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worship the Father, worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So, different gods on different mountains, Jesus is saying, no, you don't get it. It's not about this mountain or that mountain. True worship doesn't exist in, in, in a place. It's not confined to a location. It's a spiritual reality. I, I, Isaiah tells people that the temple would be established on the highest mountain. Okay, well, here's, here's a little geography for you. Mount Zion is not the highest mountain. Mount Zion is, is a foothill. It's 2,500 feet. It's not the highest mountain uh, demographically but, or, or geographically. But what, what God is saying, what Isaiah is speaking, is that the worship of the people of God will cause it to rise up. People worship in spirit and truth, like Jesus said, and that mountain rises up. It's not about geography. It's not about place. It's, it's about what Jesus says, spirit and truth. He's everywhere. We worship him everywhere. And in, in the midst of that, Israel would be that beacon of light. So uh, we know the story. Israel was never able to fulfill that role. Uh, they, they, they failed time and time again to be able to be that light to other people. And it never happened until Jesus arrived. And Jesus came and said, now, what, what Israel was called to do now, I am the light of the world. And it happened in him. He became the light. He did what Israel was called to do. Um, and then if you would go to one more slide. When Jesus was born... This is one of my favorite little passages in the Gospels. Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you've dismissed, uh, as you've promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. My eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared in the sight of all nations a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So Jesus became that light to others that Israel had failed to do. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And then in the text that we started with this morning, he says what? You are the light of the world. So he has taken that reality that was in him and passed it on to us. And now that's our role. And so we as a church today, and this is, we were talking about this this morning a little bit in prayer. Our, our, our job, the calling of God, the vocation that we've been given today is to hold out hope. Uh, to hold out hope in, in times and places. Going back to Abraham, you know, against all hope, in hope, we believe. And in time and place, uh, in a circumstances, in a world right now that uh, doesn't have a lot to be hopeful for, hopeful in, there's a lot of fear, um, you know, a lot, a, a lot of turmoil and transition and change. It's been a crazy year. Uh, with, with just everything, not just COVID, but everything else that's happened this year, uh, has caused people to really be walking in fear, walking in doubt. And our job is is to rise above that and really to be that beacon of hope in the midst of all that and to speak a different word, really, and to be able to speak and hold hope out into the hearts and lives of other people. So I just want to uh, close this morning. I'm going to pray. If you guys want to come back up, and we're going to close with some worship. But before we do that, uh, I, I just want to pray. You, you can come on. As, as uh, you know, people of God, that 
we would walk in hope. Walk in hope. This isn't, this isn't the final answer. You know, it's <laughs> final answer. Um, th- there's more. God has more for us. And so I-, I really believe that we can be that beacon of hope in the midst of the world today. And I would encourage you this week prayerfully as you just have opportunities to interact with people. And, and I think sometimes it happens when we interact with family, friends, neighbors, but sometimes it happens when we interact maybe just with, you know, a random person at the grocery store or wherever, you know, you, you have an opportunity to interact just in that brief moment to speak a word of hope. And I, I believe if you pray and ask God to give you words of hope to say, he will do that. So I want to pray for that. And then if you guys want to stand, we'll close in worship. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org give.